Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. I have been really looking forward to this episode. This week, I am joined by Chris Bowman, who is the founder of Elite Sports Performance. Hello, mate. How are you doing? How are you? Finally get to come to the Mecca. We've been talking a long, long time, me and Chris, about trying to get him on the show. Uh, we've worked with each other in the past. Uh, you've done some bits and pieces for me, a PT perspective, and also you've done some stuff we was quite recently talking to our managers about our topic today, which is uh, high performance. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So I finally got you here, mate. So thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it, even though you're a little bit late. Pleasure. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> right. So um, topic of today's conversation, although we are a real estate and investing podcast, we're actually here to talk about high performance. And I actually think this links in really, really well with work with investing with really getting the absolute most out of yourself so i guess before we even talk about high performance in general tell us a little bit about yourself mate your company and you know really how this links into what we're talking about today yeah so uh moved to dubai actually five years ago today uh to set the company up um initially as myself and then expanded the team previously i was physio at leeds united uh i've worked in football professional football in england for 10 years um and then since being here, we've now, you know, serviced over 270 athletes from various different sports, be that for rehab, training, um, you know, in season and off season. So uh, we performance manage athletes who play in the leagues here. Um, so yeah, it's been a journey, but uh, we're in a good place. It's been incredible. So obviously um, I have Chris on various different socials and following what he, what he does. And we chat every, every now and then about football results and stuff. And um, to say you worked not obviously with the highest level is an understatement. You said you talked you worked with Leeds United in your previous job. Over here, you're working with not just local football talent, but also international. You have some, maybe some famous players you might have heard yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've had some uh, you know household names: Declan Rice, Kieran Trippier, uh, Robert Lewandowski. We've worked with in the past. Johnny Sexton from you know the rugby side of things, uh, which is a, a great one for me personally to to work with people from other sports as well you know um and going on to the topic of what we'll talk about today there's some common themes within each of those individuals that that has got them and uh keeps them where they are was interesting because i'm on a little journey myself at the moment a fitness journey and um i think throughout my whole let's say 20s and even early 30s i was active i played football you know and i went to gym nowhere near the level now and i think as i've approached my mid 30s i'm thinking oh my god i've got two daughters like the importance of being healthy here and here is become even more apparent and now i'm on this little journey of, of with discipline and uh, you know regular exercise it's made me realize how much impact that can have on your life your work life your home life your sleep um a lot of these things you see these high performance podcasts sometimes you might just wash it off and think oh you know is that just someone feeling me a bit of spiel it's a bit of you know chest thumping and you know you need to do more sort of things but it's it's crazy the impact the physical impact and it can have on you in all parts of your life so a little bit about what i'm doing here. so i'm going on this fitness journey where i'm, I'm having to work a certain number you know days a week i'm having to sleep a certain number of hours and I'm, I'm having to eat a certain amount of things and that, I've seen benefits already to my sleep, my moods, my productivity in work. But when I relate that back to professionals, so professionals that fascinate me because I always think and look around and be a bit of a people watching a voyeur, I always think, what's different to you to someone else that was probably as good as that person at their younger age group? 
or you know different categories where it might be what's the difference between someone that's here and someone who's just as good but they never made it and I, maybe you can give some examples of something where you were you've worked with yeah for sure i mean to be honest the the straight away thing that comes to mind is just consistency you know i define high performance as the basics done well consistently so it's not the basics done well one day and then the next day they go out of the window it's every single day just get the basics right um, we often get asked that by, you know, maybe some young footballers here, you know, what's the difference between a guy from the Premier League or me, et cetera. And it's, well, they just make sure that the basics are done, you know, exemplary every single... Do you think a good example uh, is, is Gary Neville? Gary Neville's a great example. Because you look at him as a footballer, I mean, anyone's watching football, yeah. Gary, ne Gary Neville's in, technically to the normal, you know, someone who perhaps doesn't know football as well as the professional footballers, wasn't the most sexiest of footballers. But my goal by career he has in yeah. terms of like longevity and, and what he would and what when I listen to him, he strikes me as someone that was so like regimented, it was unbelievable, and like didn't really have a, a day off by the sounds of it. And same with Jamie Carrigan players like that, they were very very um I guess I followed the process every day. Yeah, hundred percent. Um I mean, obviously there's there's another then theory of um there's a chap who spoke on the High Performance Podcast, actually, he's a British mountaineer who's climbed Everest more times than anyone else. And his definition of high performance is being at 70 to 80% of your maximum on a daily basis, but having another gear you can go to when required. So I find that really interesting because, you know, a large part of my upbringing would have always been, you know, 100% um, full throttle all time. Yeah. But he's kind of saying that only ever leads to burnout. Um, and for him on the on the uh, mountain, if he if he burns out on the mountain, he's dead. You know, there's no room for error. Whereas actually, what he needs is in those moments of crisis to be able to kick on and go again um, to another level. And I think that's what you see. You know, with these elite performers, your Rafa Nadal's or even you know Andy Murray's a great example of what he's done in his career. Like. Maybe as a as a tennis player, he wasn't as talented as a Federer, but he can beat him because he can dig it out. Yeah. Um, and uh, and there's so many examples, you know, throughout um, throughout the sport. And really up that. So in in my life, when I played football at a very very low level, even the level related related to real estate, I have come across some unbelievably fantastic players, unbelievably fantastic real estate agents, but extremely lazy. You know, don't follow the basics. Or up and down, yo-yo in. It, to, to some of these players that have made professional football and are high performers, is it fair to say not all of them are the best footballers? But they yeah. follows, they've done the basics. I would say so. I mean, how many how many stories have you heard throughout? You know, our interest in the sport of these players who were fantastically talented but never quite reached the the pinnacle. You know, I'll use Paul Gascoigne as an example. Great player, One unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, never got anywhere near winning a Ballon d'Or. Yeah, really. And why was that? Well, look at the lifestyle factors behind it. You know, when he he's obviously older now, maybe he sits there with a few regrets. Yeah. Um, because he didn't win the World Cup of England and these things, or he didn't win the Premier League title. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the difference between um, your Ronaldo's, your Messi's, your Johnny Sexton's of the world. Um, you know, actually where it stems from, and I spoke about this uh, during the lecture series we did with you guys, but it actually stems from your identity and uh, and kind of that driving a thought process. Often 
we take habits and actions based on our feelings and how we feel in certain moments. But feelings always change, right? Like one day you might wake up tomorrow and feel like exercising, but yeah, yeah. you might wake up tomorrow and not feel like it. But, you know, having that, you know, identity you mentioned about in your journey, a conscious thought now about your kids and all that sort of stuff. So you know that you want to be a healthy dad yep. uh, for your kids. So that's your identity. So you'll take actions now that are based on that rather than based on Carl feeling like exercising in the morning. I've got an interesting for you, thing for you. So you talk about Paul Gascoigne. Do you think high performance is connected to environment? Yes. So where that person is or the surroundings or the people they're around in terms of how that impacts their performance or their want to perform to, that, to a higher level? Yeah, 100%. I mean, the pillars of performance uh, lecture that I did actually breaks this down and I had to reverse engineer myself um, for, the, for the Middle East Fitness Conference what makes people perform and I had never consciously thought of it. Um, and the psychology underpins everything. And within that, you've got the subcategory then of environment, the people you hang around with, um, you know, the if you're a footballer, do you have the chef that comes to your house? Yeah. Do you have the gym inside your house? Um, All the recovery, how much you spend. So, yeah. so one of the things I read a little while ago was, I can't, I'm sure it might be Ronaldo or someone, one of the players, no, so the player plays a Coventry called Victor Jokeres, yeah. probably the best player in the championship and one of the players said that after he finishes training he probably spends five six hours on recovery yeah every single day whether it's massages whether it's chambers or whatever it might be yeah. to ensure that the next day is is yep. the best he's probably spending more time recovering preparing for the next day he does training yeah but lebron james spends 1.5 million dollars on his body per year wow and you know when you put put it and in he's just He's just won a game for the Lakers yesterday against the Warriors. But when you put it in perspective, it's not a lot of money when it's your body, it's your health, it's your life. And for all we know, it's one. You only get one. Yeah. So, okay. So some of the points I've got here today with my lovely uh, comms, head of comms, Alini's put together. And some of the words I've never even heard before, by the way. So we talked, one of the words she talked about was dopamine. I had to research for what the hell is dopamine? Yeah. What is dopamine for anyone listens to, to, the, to the podcast? Yeah. So we, I mean, we've got a series of, um, chemicals right that uh, affects our everyday actions so dopamine is a big one at the moment especially in the world of mental health and and stuff that is coming more and more to the fore um now dopamine is essential for human survival so they did a study uh that's cited in a book called atomic habits by uh james clear and um basically on this study in rats they removed dopamine from the rat from the rats completely and they lost the will to live they literally they literally die yeah um, so dopamine is responsible for all your drivers. It's responsible for your drive to breathe. It's feeling based, right? Uh, like, like your emotional feeling or? It creates feelings, yeah. um, but it's very much around the fight flight response uh, kind of, you know, thing that is innate in us. Um, there's another chemical called serotonin, um, which is secreted when you exercise, um, that sort of thing. And then you've got uh, cortisol, which is secreted, you know, when you let's say I struck a dog or a bit of sunlight, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So all these things um, impact the way we feel, impact our kind of ability to repeat tasks, repeat actions. Um, now, dopamine is the thing that is uh, very short-term high, massive, massive crash afterwards. Okay. Think about a heavy night out. Yeah. 
you know, you're on cloud nine, right? Yeah. And the next morning, how do you feel? Or well, three days afterwards in my case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And now that's a dopamine secretion. Exactly the same thing that is secreted actually when you do a skydive okay. or when you go skiing. So you get these huge, you know, monumental highs, but also crash. It'll be like a Christmas day as well. Yeah. The high and then in afterwards it's all over with. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas serotonin uh, responses, you know, when you feel, when, you, when you've exercised, there's a prolonged feeling that you get for yeah. uh, for a longer period of time. Um, when you hug someone, even that's that's secreted, um, and then cortisol, like I mentioned there, sunlight and those things. So going it back into kind of what dopamine is, it's it's essential and it should be utilised, but it's very important to regulate your dopamine. Uh, your dopamine. So how do you control that? Um, because you know, for anyone watching when I read it, I thought, well, how do I control these levels and how can I channel it to make sure it benefits me? Yeah, so then, then it comes down to the habits and it comes down to ultimately understanding what those things are, first and foremost. I'm very passionate that actually people should be educated on this is to understand their brains. Um, so, for example, rather than going out and having a big night out on the beers, going out and doing an intense exercise class will still give you the same level of um, kind of buzz, but you won't get a massive crash afterwards. And then you can also look at, you know, the second day, how do you feel? What's your productivity like? Um, obviously the effects on your general health, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So coming back into kind of, um, you know, one of the phrases we were talking about before the podcast was discipline, right? Yeah. And it's having the discipline to recognize what is gonna uh, benefit me and what is not gonna benefit me. Um, but again, I've got to draw that back to kind of identity. You know, for for me, I want me and my company to to grow exponentially. So, you know, when it comes down to a midweek potential night out, for example, well, that there is no, I don't see any benefit in in that to me because it's going to reduce my productivity the next day. I love my exercise. It's probably going to, you know detriment me my ability to do that yeah um so it doesn't even enter my thought process you know it's it's a complete non-negotiable and that has taken a while to to obviously get to that level and and i'm th thankful i'm empowered with the knowledge but um that's the sort of thing now we're trying to trying to kind of Im educate people with, with okay so let's someone so you're, you love exercise and so you love your exercise and the, the pace you go you're unbelievable <laughs> by the way but let's say someone does is not in that frame of mind at the moment in, in terms of exercise yeah. and they don't particularly love what what exercise how do we yeah how does someone get more out of out of that because i'm in this mode at the moment where i enjoy i enjoy exercise but it, i'm in this weird box where i have to every day do something if i don't do it it, it irritates me i have to tick it off so that yeah. that exercise in my box set today where if i don't do it you know i'll make sure i find time to do it today and i have to do it yeah but if someone's not in that space and they listen to this podcast and think, okay, I want to get more out of myself in general, how, where do they start? What do they do? Is it just a case of just doing it or? Um, there's a little bit of that, but you know, exercise isn't everyone's cup of tea, but going for a walk and having a coffee with a friend is, is as good as anything, right? You get in a human connection. As humans, we are designed to connect with each other. Yeah. Um, and you will get this this hormonal release you will get that from just doing that yeah you know so if you think about you know maybe why we do go out and watch the footy and all that well it's a social occasion right? yeah everything we do really is generated around social interaction 
Um, but there's a lot of other ways to do that than, you know, things that are potentially negative and powerful to to our bodies, but also our brains, really, more than anything. When people with this job, and I think it's just to sort of think in general, real estate typically have highs and lows. I call it champagne or razor blades. So, you, you know, there's one end of the spectrum you can do really well in this job, and some people may not earn many money. When people don't do well, they typically turn to drink or yeah. turn to habits that are perhaps not too good for you. Why do you think people do that? Document. Really? So when they get a big, let's using your example here of uh, of the real estate world, one a big sale, yeah, yeah a big commission, gives a huge spike of dopamine, right, straight away. The same effect as jumping out of an airplane, as a big night out, as taking drugs. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same thing. Within the study, um, that the you know encourage anyone to read the book. It's unbelievable. Atomic Habits. Um, but within the study, they. Um, had the rats obviously with the dopamine they had some rats that basically rats love to eat right they're like you know the biggest creature on the planet that, yep. that craves that so they had sugar in front of the rats and one group of rats could access the sugar and they measured the brain activity uh and the dopamine spike the rat another group of rats could see the sugar but couldn't access it okay amazing the two sets of rats secreted the same amount of dopamine in their brain really so you only need to see it. You don't need to, you don't need to, you know, they, they then talk about addiction actually within the book. You know, you only need to see the thing that you want, um, you know, alcohol or money or whatever it is yeah. to get the dopamine secretion in your brain. You don't need to use it. Wow. Mind is blown. Yeah. Um, I, I, one of the most amazing things I've seen in out of quite a, quite a while I'm honest with you is something you've done with one of my good friends Rob Kempton yeah yeah. so tell us a little bit about that about Rob Kempton and where he was when he came to see you and beginning in November yeah I mean so obviously we've known Rob a long time yeah. right and uh, Rob's always said to us or said to me you know Chrissy I want to get back on it I want to get my body right etc loves his football doesn't he yeah. and he's not been playing for a long time um, and then he came to me on the 4th of January, it was, just after Christmas. Yeah. And he'd, uh, he'd been at the MMA with yeah. you guys. And we set him a challenge. You yeah. set him a challenge of uh, getting to a light heavyweight boxing weight. So uh, approximately 30 kilograms, we said to him. Yeah. Can you lose 30 kilograms? Was it 100 days or something? He had 80 days, 80 days. Uh, from when I saw him, but he was probably about 20 days uh, from when you, you guys had that discussion, yeah. Um, so he came to me January the 4th, and obviously I'd, I'd heard it before, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and sat down and we had a discussion, and I said, listen, you know, before we embark on this, there's, there's a few sets of rules, really, like, if we're gonna do it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it just shows that when you buy into a process, and um, to be honest, going back to kind of, Wise or or why stuck to the process? A large part of it was to prove a lot of people wrong. To yeah. be honest with you, like that kind of innate male pride. Um, but then, as he started to see the the results, actually, you know, obviously he's got young kids as well, and managed to play football again, etc. Which, you know, his kids will never have seen him play football ever, which yeah. is a travesty. This guy loves football, yeah, um, and good at it as well. Yeah, very good at it, and that's that's. Um, that's so, more important than any any weight or whatever. And, and also, like I said to him, I said, yeah, you've added five, 10 years on your life there. 
So he was 120 kilos, about at 118 and a half, and like, yeah. you got him down to 90. 95.8, yeah. In 80 days, he's yeah. like, wow. I mean, yeah. unbelievable. So what sort of things, because I, 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 went, I went running with him and you to just yeah. kind of give him support. And I see he went through some really dark moments to try and achieve this. What you, yeah? Like, how did you keep him on track and steering, steering to ensure that he knew he was on the right track and he was going the right way? A couple of the key pillars, to be honest. Obviously, diet is is one of them. You know, reducing his calories. You know, educating him that you don't need that loaf of bread at ten o'clock at night when you you know your car your your body is your car, right? And you put in the car in the garage, so yeah. you don't need to fuel it up. Um, small things like that. Alcohol was a massive one, so that was the number one non-negotiable. Was zero alcohol until this um, has has been achieved. Um, that was yes from a calorie point of view, but it was also from several other points of view. So um, alcohol has a huge negative effect on sleep. Now sleep then, or a lack of REM sleep, will actually spike a hormone in your body called ghrelin uh, and reduce leptin. So leptin is a suppressant for your hunger, and ghrelin is everything. Um, GR grazer, yeah, that's like you want to graze all the time. Yeah, you, yeah. You crave that starchy food, etc. But the reason behind it is because your body's not been replenished and re-energized, so it's craving calories to do it. Um, so there was there was a couple of reasons why alcohol was a huge non-negotiable uh, and had to had to go. Um, and then obviously we just programmed him in a safe manner. Um, Obviously, the weight was really high at the start, so there was no chance I was going to be running him uh, at that point because the risk of injury was too high. We yeah. needed to get the weight off, um, and we just put that process in place over the 80 days that, you know, by the end, I remember um, he, he sent me a screenshot of uh, Strava. I think he did a 2K run, his first one, and by the end, we were running from uh, the Burj Khalifa to the Burj Al Arab. Amazing, honestly. Yeah. What and, and fair play to you for what you've done because you've, it was a program that, it was a little bit like a Tyson, Tyson Fury yeah, story. Really. The amount of weight he lost. Yeah. I don't know what 30 kilos is in stones, but it's yeah. it's significant. So just goes to show, and I noticed differences in him around the office, you know, being more approachable, being having more energy for other people. Um, and the fact is that, you know, he, he, he might not grow up an older, you know, an older feeling that being around his kids, which yeah. for me is a, is a massive, massive driver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about some of the ath uh, the athletes you train in a minute. So what what do they do in their daily routine that's different to let's say a different level footballer? What's di what really 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 is different and differentiating? Yeah, I mean you can see quite clear differences from Premier League even to Championship. To be to be honest, even yeah yeah yeah. Really? yeah. Um, interestingly, last night I listened to Kieran Trippier's podcast um, that's just come out and. He spoke about it and he said, you know, when he went to uh, Tottenham from Burnley, he thought he was in good shape and, you know, he'd done all his work in the off season, but he was 10% body fat and he got in there and he got put in the fat club. Really? A 10%? Because he wasn't, because he wasn't 80%. Oh so he was in the altitude chamber after training, doing spin sessions, um, you know, and then he observed people like Harry Kane and uh, Hugo Lloris and all these other guys that were in the squad already. Uh, and the small things that they did in terms of diets, you know, they've got the chefs, they, they, they invest in the chef at home to cook the right food. Um, they've got the recovery products at home. So you're then going back to your environment, they're just set up to perform uh, at all levels. Um, I see it in, you know, Declan is, is a prime example. Obviously, a lot of media hype around him at the moment, but 
I trained Declan in 2019 before COVID when he was, I think, 20 years old and he was just breaking into the England team. The athlete he is now is chalk and cheese to even then. Really? So he was a high-leveling player then yes. and now he's one of the best in the world. Um, you know, the body fat percentage on him, I would speculate being about 6%. Like, you can see the guy's veins in his legs. Like, he's so muscular. Like, it's... Um, yeah, that that's the, the key difference is I would say. But again Is that set by standards of the environment though? Because again if if you've got two players that are probably doing the same things but the environment is elevated the standards of what's expected. Uh yeah, I would say so. But it goes back again to the psychology I think of the identity of, of him and, and who does he want to be in the future? You know, does he want to be just a Premier League footballer or does he want to be a Champions League footballer? and potential England captain. You know, that's that having that future identity is so, so key. Um, and I think that translates to anyone in any walk of life, you know? And it doesn't have to be from a performance point of view, guess, you know, it could be someone like Rob who went through this transformation challenge and he just wanted to be, like you say, a healthy dad yeah. that could move with his kids. So because he's got that, He'll do the he'll do the habits and the actions that, that need to take place. Um, One of the couple of the key words I use when people join this business in real estate is they people always are fascinated about what how, why what is it took for Darren or Rob or Charlie King or Ryan and all these top top people in the business. What's the difference between them and everyone else? Or what's the difference between being truly successful? And keep two keywords. And one you mentioned is discipline. And discipline, I think, and consistency is probably one of the hardest things, getting up and doing the same thing every single day. Yeah. And, and that's probably harder than, than having a really great day and then, you know, a, a not so great day afterwards. But the other key thing and key word is sacrifice. It's being able to sacrifice parts of your things you like doing in life to really for the betterment of yourself or the betterment of the process. For example, Rob, Rob's a social guy. He enjoys a drink every now and then. He sacrificed that. He sacrificed parts of his work working time to train with you. What twice, sometimes three yeah. times a day. Yeah. He sacrificed seeing his wife quite a lot on his children yeah. and going going to bed quite a lot. So that's a huge sacrifice. When I, when I relate it to real estate here, the sacrifice is when you move to a new country, you sacrifice his being away from mum and dad. You sacrifice his being away from your local football team or your best friends. You sacrifice his actually on a Friday night when all the everyone's going out for a drink or a beer at the end of the week, he sacrifices, now I'm going to go home and I'm either going to have a bit of dinner and get ready for Saturday's work or I'm going to go to the gym and get ready for the next day. So I actually think sacrifice plays a huge part in high performance as probably just as much as discipline. I think they, they kind of come hand in hand and certainly from a real estate perspective as well. I honestly believe in this job, what you do outside of work can impact massively what you do in work. Not just... Um, you know, physical performance, but you know, investing in yourself as well in terms of knowledge and, yep. and understanding what's happened in the marketplace or in in in, in your industry. You know, what what you need to do to improve, whether it's sleep, whether it's you know nutrition. Uh, yeah, you can know, continue and invest in yourself. So, you know, for anyone that's in the real estate sector and you are at a level where you feel like you could do more, there probably is. There is there is always an answer. And I think the first thing anyone needs to do and I don't know how professional handles it is self-analyze look at some of the things you're doing you know if someone was playing in league one today and they they were without a football club 
you know, what kind of advice would you give to someone and can related to real estate to try and say, right, this is what I need to do to go up level, find a club or whatever it might be. How how would you self-analyze if you don't have that support or that environment? Yeah, I think you've got to, you know, look at what your routines are, but also look at the people who you want to be. What are they doing? Yeah. You know, I had a really good conversation with a guy who was actually Ronnie O'Sullivan, the psychologist. So you can imagine how yeah. complex that was. Oh, yeah. And uh, at the time, obviously, he was in a bad place, but wanting to be world champion. And he said, you know, well, who do you want to be? And he sort of said Steve Davis at the time, yeah. And he said, well, what does Steve Davis do? Does Steve Davis go out drinking, taking cocaine, all these things that, that he was doing? Or does Steve Davis knuckle down, do a bit of exercise in the morning, and then get on the snooker table and practice and practice and practice? And that's what makes him more champion. And obviously, what happened with Ronnie Fry's career. Yeah. Fantastic career. Um, so that would be the advice really is that, you know, everyone somewhere has somebody they want to emulate, but you know, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. They, they've got the blueprint, right? Yeah. If you follow that blueprint, you won't be far off from achieving uh, where, where, the, where you want to be. Do you believe in levels in terms of someone's only capable of a certain maximum? For example, that league one footballer we're talking about, two levels below the Premier League. Is there a level that they can achieve or is there things people can do to control how much they can get out of themselves? Uh, I don't believe in levels as such. I think, I think there's an ability, yeah. correct? Um, but then how many people who have fantastic ability don't achieve that ability? Yeah. So there's no reason that anybody can't get to the top um, of their, their kind of industry. And I think what you just mentioned there about discipline and sacrifice and making the right decisions um, and not getting carried away at both ends of the spectrum yeah. um, is, is the key to that, yeah. Last question I've got here was do instant gratification rewards and end goals. Without me being derogatory to a certain age group, I feel like most a lot of youngsters these days want things quickly. Yeah. They want things instant. I think we're in that environment where you can get things delivered within an hour or two hours or they want to be overnight millionaires through crypto, forex, whatever it might be. How do you balance the, the people that want instant results, instant gratification to actually having a longer term view and saying, right, here's what the result looks like and having measurable milestones. You can relate it back to robbery at this well to ensure someone's working towards what that holy grail is. I mean, ultimately then as leaders that comes from us to kind of um, educate on that process. But the reason that the kind of millennials want that right now is because they've only ever known dopamine secretion. So when you look at Instagram, etc., when you get a like on Instagram, dopamine in the brain. Okay. That, that's how crazy this stuff is. It's, and generally speaking, the world is now addicted to dopamine. Okay. Um, so, but who knows that? Yeah, you know these people. I've got a sister that's fourteen, right, and she loves taking in selfies and that. Um, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, but um, is that dangerous? I think you see. I think it's one of the biggest dangers to the planet. Yeah, really. Because my brother's over at the moment. He's 23, and I'm 15 years older than him. And the way he or his generation view life, or whether you talk about Instagram life, so like I, yeah. that stuff doesn't even like register with me. Yeah. 
So the rate of depression in 25 to 40 year olds right now is at the highest it's ever been in Italy. Really? Wow. And why is that? Social media. Wow. <laughs> so, we'll, so when we talk about Rob, how did you keep him motivated? Because he's a really good example, and I'll give you some examples as well. But you know, in this job and in sports like Declan Rice at twenty, I'm sure he knew he was going to be a great player or a good player. But you know, how what what kind of things do you think his managers or people around him have kind of said to him, Declan, do this, this, and this, and these you checking points to be England captain? That makes sense. I think. Uh, good question. I mean, with Rob, it was the weekly measure, Yeah, uh, I would say. So uh, there was a couple of times when he wanted to jump on the scales midweek, right? And he did do, and the weight wasn't quite where he wanted to be. And then the motivation dropped a little bit. And I, and actually, after about three weeks of him doing that, I said, we're stopping doing that. We're not doing it. That is not part of the process. Yeah, I'm very process-driven rather than Me too. You know, results. Um, and there's another psychological theory of redhead, bluehead, actually. So redhead is always focused on results. And with that comes a lot of anxiety and okay. stress. Bluehead is very process driven. This is what the All Blacks use, actually. And the All Blacks are the um, most successful sports team in the world. 110 years, they've got an 87% win ratio in 110 years. And they're process driven. Um, so again, that's what we just kept coming back to with Rob was Trust the process. Trust the process. So red, so redhead is basically they want they look at they only look they just look at the results. Yeah. Bluehead is the steps. Yeah. Focus on the steps and yeah. the result takes care of itself. Yeah. So look at Pat Guardiola. Yeah. I think he's going to change the way he plays football for anybody. No. Even if it's Champions League final, one nil down, five minutes to go, they are going to play football in the way that they've been trained to play football. Because why wouldn't they? that's the process they work on every single minute of every single day really interesting you say that because one of my mantras in this business and not that don't mean to steal any thunder here was when we talk about what it takes to be successful i never ask the agents to look at the sales board or what anyone else is earning because that can have no impact on them whatsoever yeah. you know if x x person's doing this how is that going to impact you but if you do this 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 and this and have kind of your horse blinkers on yeah the result will be okay it'll take care of itself correct so going back to that you know if you make 50 calls a day yeah more than likely the numbers going yeah one of them is going to lead to something yeah but if you're just focusing on i just want to make the big sale the big sale the big sale the big sale yeah then you try to pick a needle out of the haystack right yeah yep. so same thing when it comes down to what we do you know just turn up every day we'll sort the program you don't need to think about anything turn up be there for an hour be present give us your 100% of what you've got at that moment. And then when you go away, obviously there's a set of blueprints with Rob, it was no drinking, good night's sleep, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then the results spoke for themselves. Mate, I have really, really, really enjoyed today. Before we wrap things up, if I still advise to ask you, not just people that are in real estate or in business, but if people want to have a healthier or better feeling life or create them good what some of the good things would you say to people just to start doing to try and get on that journey and to improve productivity health sleep whatever it might be some of the things you'd, you'd start with sleep is one i, th I think you've got to prioritize your, your sleep so what's what's uh, what's the 
key at number of hours of sleep. I know it might be the number of hours, but it's how much time you've spent sleeping. Yeah, I mean, eight hours is the, seven, seven and a half to eight hours is the, the metric. Um, but the key to that is the deep sleep. If you want to track it, uh, I'm not wearing mine right now, but the Whoop is, is what um, I've used in the past really, really efficiently. And the key thing about the Whoop is that you've got a daily diary as well. So you can actually eventually um, start picking up on the little habits that you do that affect you know, a good night or a bad night's sleep. So I actually found that when I read in bed as opposed to watch Netflix, my REM sleep increases by 20%. Really? which has a massive effect on my recovery. I'm trying to run a business, you know, like I can't be at 50% cognitively every single day. If there's a reduction in REM sleep, you get a 40% reduction in reaction time, 30% reduction in your cognitive function. So like, obviously we're all uh, ambitious people and we want to excel. So it's got to start with the sleep really, like, oh, 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 oh yes, yeah. forget the exercise. <laughs> I typically wear one, oh, it's on charges actually, but when you, when you, when you don't have enough sleep or let's say you may have a drink or whatever the difference uh, so this group band shows you the next day of your recovery and really how much strain you can put on your body in terms of activity and when you don't sleep or you do something that your body shouldn't be doing the damage when you see it visually you think oh my god like i'm not ready to do something the next day or my body i shouldn't be doing that so it's Sleep's massive. Oh, it's frightening, yeah. It's about to sleep a lot more since I've been doing it. What about anything else? What routines or habits? Let's say you're not an exerciser, what else? Well, I would say get out and then get some daily sunlight, first and foremost, you know, get some vitamin D. It's it's great for you. You get the hormonal um, influx that we spoke about in terms of serotonin and cortisol um, that's going to help regulate your dopamine, ultimately. If you're not getting them, you're probably going to go and crave something that is very dopamine-driven. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, just getting out. We're fortunate that we're in a place where we can do that, aren't we? Um, also, small things, you know, get down the beach. Like, sounds mad, but you know, we we are humans that are used to being next to the sea and stuff like that. So even just the sound of the waves will start to uh, impact these hormonal responses. Yeah, um, I agree on that. Yeah, it's it's frightening, really, how simple it can be. Well, some of the things I do just share and wrap things up is so every single week on a Sunday night, I will tap. So I go to certain exercise classes. I will plan every single day throughout the course of the week. This time, this time, this time, this day, this day. In my diary, I booked it in. I know exactly when I'm doing it. If I'm having a walk or a run that day, it's in my diary. So I'm holding myself accountable to what my plan is during the week. And nothing else fits, everything else fits around that. That's where I start my week. I've got my meetings anyway. So having a bit of a plan and not being ad hoc and waking up and saying, oh, I'll do a run today, I'll do an exercise say, plan ahead, do that on your Sunday, Sunday evening, so you're so you working towards that. Making sure you have enough sleep. Water's massive. Yeah, hydration. Uh, hydration's absolutely huge. You just be, you know, make, be careful, be mindful. I've, I've been using MyFitnessPal. Yeah. Uh, the, the tracking macros, and my God, again, that also makes you think so much about what you put in your body. And, and again, the impact that has on your sleep and the next day is, yeah. is quite frank. And I think if you start with these habits, whether it's you do a bit of exercise or you get down to the beach or you plan your meals, I honestly believe it can affect not just your work performance, your family, you know, the, the, the time you spend with your kids or the energy levels you've got your kids or your wife or your partner, whatever it might be. There are so many benefits as opposed to that one night high of the booze or the whatever it might be. It's very short lived. Yeah, I agree. Great. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Glad I can see you soon. Thank you, guys. Cheers.